Hi there, I'm Charlie, your online business manager and WordPress expert. My goal is to assist small to medium business owners build their businesses with a focus on using the internet and online technologies in an appropriate and cost-effective manner. People hire me to take the stress out of managing their businesses and allow themselves to focus on what they do best. Today, I'm speaking with Garrick Tate an AI futurist, investor, and AI strategy consultant. With a decade of entrepreneurial experience, he has founded and led successful companies in software development, outsourcing, and publishing. His experience lies at the intersection of AI, IQ, and EQ, getting his clients' businesses to achieve increased profits and ultimately get acquired at high valuations. Okay, that was a whole heap of um, words in there and and and, and um, analogies. But I want to say hi to Garrick. Hello. Hello. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I tried. <laughs> um, and what we'd like, what I'd like to really do is get you to give us a bit of an overview of who you are, Garrick. Um, explain some of those terms that I used in there, particularly IQ and EQ. I think we know what IQ is, but um, go through some of that. And then let's have a chat about using AI in our businesses. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, IQ is the ability to, so I'll, I'll start first with the terms and then I'll talk a little bit about, about me, my story, and then talk about what we're, what we're doing now. And then from there, we'll dive into, into AI. So, uh, first on the on the term, you know, IQ for me is just the ability to process data faster and hold more data in working memory. It doesn't mean that you actually process data better, only that you do it faster. So someone who has lower IQ can actually come to better realizations, have more clarity, and ultimately making smarter decisions. It's just that it, it might take time if it's novel data. It might take them more you know revolutions in order to reach those good conclusions. EQ is uh, you know, your emotional intelligence, your ability to work with other people. And for me, humans, I, I am the, the most um, pro-human person you'll meet, even though I spent a lot of my time working with, with AIs. I think that they still can't hold a, a candle to, to us humans. Um, and you know, the humans are the, the, the greatest assets, both obstacles and also um, uh helpful things in our environment. And so the ability to have EQ is your ability to both understand yourself, understand other people, and then work with those people because a lot of our motivations, a lot of our intelligence is baked into our more emotional um our more emotional sides. You know, we we've been around for millions of years and a lot of intelligence is baked into our DNA, baked into our uh more unconscious areas and then that's expressed with EQ. So uh, it's about really combining all that and kind of maximizing ourselves, uh, maximizing ourselves. So that's, that's where my focus lies. Thank you. Then no, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you. And a short introduction to me. Uh, I, I came to the Philippines when I was 18 years old. I've been here for about 10 years now, starting multiple companies like the ones you said in software development, uh, book publishing, and also um, virtual VAs or virtual executive assistants, virtual EAs. Um, overall, we do uh, have about 60 employees, six zero, and uh, have about seven figures in, in revenue. And where most of my focus is at right now is consulting other companies uh, in order to increase their valuations uh, when they want to get acquired. 
Okay, so that sounds great. Um, and yeah, so ten years in the Philippines—that's that sounds fantastic to me. Um, my pretty much my entire adult life, I'm I'm, I'm half Filipino at this point. <laughs> so let's have a chat about um, AI and business, and um, I, I I think some of the concerns that my listeners uh, and my viewers have is that AI might be taking over our jobs and might be taking over what we're doing. Uh, and if it's not taking over what we're doing, it's certainly using us as a model. And is that a good thing or a bad thing? Or how do how do we use it? So AI is is learning from us. Ultimately, the way the way that I see it is it's definitely a tool that we use. You know, AI at this point is not goal oriented. It doesn't have its own goals. It's only an extension of our will, so to speak. And and what that means, and this is this is really important, is you know, AI is not going to take your job, in, but you might be replaced by someone else using AI to become 10 times more effective. Now, an important point that is missing from that conversation is that the supply and demand curve often is constrained by the supply side, not the demand side. In other words, if every developer became 10 times more effective, we would actually want even more developers. You know, the you know, we would love to have 10 times more code. And I think that this applies to many, many areas. We, we want more artists. We want more assistance. We want more people to, to help us make our lives easier. The problem is that the supply side, not on the, the demand side. Uh, so that's, that's the first most important thing. And to... I always encourage uh, the people I coach to also remember that your brain will work 32% less efficient if you're coming at a problem from a position of fear. Uh, literally, the blood goes from the, the uh, front of your brain to the back, lowering your ability to come up with creative and novel solutions. And so it's really important to be gearing yourself in a position to be taking on the challenges in front of you and to be um, using AI so that you can become 10 times more effective um, as opposed to being replaced by, by someone else. Um, I'll throw in one last note. A, the, the most recent studies um, on the Fortune 500 companies are showing that 68% of them are creating new jobs and uh, overall have a net positive um, number of jobs created as opposed to net negative. And you know this stuff is still early days. Probably a lot more shakeups and and movements are going to be happening. But overall, I think there's a lot more evidence if you look at the data of positive things as opposed to doom and gloom. Um, though it is industry specific. Okay, so um, just a couple of things that I wanted to cover off there, and uh, I'm actually going to invite Garrett back for another another um, session so we can talk about the future of AI and where he, he sees it going. Today, I wanted to keep it pretty focused on how we can use it today uh, and how we can leverage it within our businesses. So I just wanted to sort of highlight that because there's questions that are, have already come up for me. Like I'm like, no, I won't ask that one just yet. <laughs> I'm going to sit on that one. Um, so let, let's talk about how we can use it because um, let me see if I, I got that right. You said 32% less effective if we come at something from fear yes that's pretty amazing so um and that's from the near from from executive decision making and creativity specifically um that th those areas are handled by the neocortex okay so um really what you're saying is that if you look at something that looks scary and can actually 
reframe it as a challenge or a positive for yourself, you're going to actually achieve better. You're going to do better. Yes. Okay. So that's that's a bit of learning for all of us to take on board. Um, is, do you have hints and tips around that one or um, do, we, do, do we just sort of look at how AI can affect us and how we can be using it? I think I think um, a lot of things when it comes to you know wanting to to shift yourself over to a more positive place um, is to start off with you know, making sure you're taking care of, of of your your own body, doing self care, making sure you're you're you know exercising, have having a good diet. So then your your body can really be a platform that is in your in your favor as opposed to to working against you. And the other side of like the way that you build beliefs, and I, I got this from from Tony Robbins is that you you build a belief one leg at a time. So if a belief is a, is a table that can bear a lot of weight, you build it one leg at a time. You find specific pieces of evidence and you can ask other people for help in this. You can say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to kind of shift my perspective here. Um, I'm trying to look for for you know good news. What, what do you think about this from a positive point of view? And you start collecting pieces of evidence and constructing it one stool at a time. And the negative belief that you know AI is 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 very negative. It's going to take over um, all of our, our you know it's going to take away our jobs. Um, we're going to start becoming you know pets to the AI overminds in thirty years. You know all of those things. It's about taking every one of those legs that support that belief and trying to attack them with questions. You know, asking yourself, how do I really know this is a fact? You know. What are certain biases that might be coming in mind and trying to dismantle them just just one stool at a time? Fantastic. Okay, that's really great. And that can then comes back to me asking you to come back a bit later and we'll talk about the future of it because um, I, I think that will help set those reframings for people. So let's talk about how um, a business can use AI and how you've actually implemented it. Uh, as I said to you, most of my viewers are, are small to medium business owners. Uh, they they run, I guess, support type businesses doing different types of things. A lot of what they do does require a lot of mental um, input. You know, they've, they've got to think about what they're doing. It's not repet. Well, it might be repetitive, but they need to understand what they're doing before they get to that repetitive point so that it can become repetitive. So how, how can they use it? What, what can we do here? So, you know, I think I think everyone who's listening to this has played around with ChatGPT um, and it's probably uh, at this point and we're having this conversation in October of 2023 has probably been using it, um, especially if you work you know, as a white collar uh, you know, support role, probably been using it um, quite a bit. Um, you know, a few a few months ago, while a lot of people were still kind of straggling behind, my, my biggest piece of advice was to carve off that Friday afternoon to do the deep dive. You know, a lot of people even still have not carved out the the deep dive space to really immerse themselves into it, watching other people use the technology, watching their use cases, using it yourself. So, you know, I think a big chunk of this is just that deep schedule time. But assuming that that you've done that, you already are very comfortable with ChatGPT, um, there's a whole next level of tools out there that are... Um, built on top of the, the GPT um, technology, the transformer technology. And, and that that's really the next level for, I think, a lot of freelancers and a lot of VAs to be upgrading their skills. So uh, the, the places I recommend people to, um, to, to dive in, and maybe we can put these links in like the, the show notes or, or whatever makes sense, is um, first of all, having learned ChatGPT to 
make sure you have any um, new features turned on. So if you are you know, paying for ChatGPT, you have access to plugins. If you're not, then a new feature is rolled out called custom instructions, which is really a system message that can sit above above your regular chats. So uh, if you go in ChatGPT and, and type in the custom instructions, um, you are a pirate that responds arg, then every future chat that you uh, do, it's going to start responding that way. So a practical usage of that is you can install in that everything about who you are and about what your business does. So then if you're asking, hey, ChatGPT, give me a response to this email, um, you know, or I'm trying to write this sales email to this person, or this person has this problem or, or, or such and such, it can become pre-installed with the custom instructions that you've given it. And in fact, in, in my company, one thing we did is we created a database of different what we call um, uh, the word uh, personas, different personas, because because that's how I really think about the custom instructions is that you're creating different personas of ChatGPT to help you with different types of tasks. So creating a, a database of different personas and then engaging with, with, with those can be extremely helpful. That's just really squeezing the juice out of ChatGPT even further. The next level after that that I recommend people check out is to check out the ChatGPT playground. Um, if you just go to openai forward slash playground, it should, should take you there. And what that does is it shows you a user interface in order to see how ChatGPT's API works. Why would you want to know how the API works? Because if you are using other tools that plug into the API, you can now um, build those with no coding necessary. So it just really deepens your understanding on a really fundamental level that uh, can be useful down down the track. And especially if you're comfortable with no-code tools like Zapier or with um, Make.com or other integration software, then you can be using those. Um, if you're not using those or, or have never really touched a, 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 a no-code builder tool, this one might be unnecessary. I might skip this step. Um, and I could keep on going uh, if, if you'd like with some, with some other tools, but um, no, I think jump. that's actually a really good start because I'm not sure how far people have actually got using ChatGPT and AI tools. Um, but you mentioned something there, so let's just go back to some practical uses of your ChatGPT mm -hmm. um, and your AI tools. And you, you mentioned actually writing emails. Yep. Because uh, I know that's something that we we as as support people have to do regularly. Um, and if it's not writing emails, it's writing messages in um, private messenger to someone to say, you know, this is where we're at. This is what's going on. Um, how, how do they, can you give us an example of that? I think that's a good good way to start. Yeah. So so our, our VA company, uh, 2XU, uh, is, is branded as an AI specialized VA. You know, it, it's specialized as... Um, you know, you you might not know how to run EA, uh, sorry, uh, AI, but your executive assistant can 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 you know, maximize it more more than you can. So you know, we're not being replaced by AI. You're you know, we're we're augmented by it. It's kind of our, our our brand. So I have a lot of examples that we use inside of that company, and I would say that this is something that VAs can use as competitive advantages. So you can you can take that model, and kind of replicate it. If you start building assets and and pre built templates for this kind of stuff and show those to clients in in the the, the sales um uh in, in in the sales calls and, and other things you can really start building out a, a pretty good brand as a ai uh, maximalist so uh, what what does that look like practically i think i think it it boils down to um creating a 
a database, like I said, of custom instructions and also prompts that you can copy and paste and modify depending on what's what's in front of you. So um, you probably know that in your in your um, regular day day to day work that a lot of your emails have similar parameters or else are, are, are similar types. So you can build prompts that you copy and paste the email thread into that prompt as a variable, and then it can spit out a first draft of what you're trying to achieve next. Um, actually, for this, though, practically, what I, what I typically do in my when I use this stuff is, uh, to be honest, I more use Chrome extensions that automatically take the, the email thread up above. Um, I believe that um, oh, the one that okay. I use most is WriteGPT, that right Chrome GPT. extension. Write W R I T E G P T. Okay, that now that makes more sense to me. So it'll actually troll through the thread, troll yep. through the thread, um, pick up what what's going on, and then try to write a response based mm-hmm. on that. Another use I use it a lot is I write the email and then I highlight big chunks of it. And I say just make make this part, um, you know, clearer or or, or what have you, and then it will uh, improve those parts of the email that I know is weak. Okay, so from what you're here, what I'm hearing there, it, this is very similar to technology we've already been using um, and have been using for a, a fairly long time. The grammar checkers, the speller checker, the spell checkers. Um, what is that program called? Grammarly. Grammarly, yes. <laughs> um, very similar to Grammarly, where you put something in and it'll come back with suggestions for you. And this just works in your extension and in, in your email program right then and there. Well, we, and... we use Grammarly in my publishing company, but to be honest, I haven't actually uh, exposed myself to it very much. So I might be a little bit behind the curve on this. Well, I don't actually use it. I have seen it used and um, I've, I've sort of gone, well, okay, that's all. That, that's great. And if, you, if you're doing a lot of writing, then that's fantastic. But if you've got something that will actually go through and look at, check your voice, and that's really what we're doing here is we're checking our voice um, of the email to make sure it sounds like us and still is clear enough to be sent out um i'm just trying to put some thoughts around this because the ai might write the email for you but you still can go through and tidy it up and put your own personal touch on it or personalize it as you need or you can just send it out as it is from the sounds of it i mean so so you know in my experience what what i'm always doing is i'm typically shortening it you know, the AI is trained off of the internet, and a lot of the internet is um, trash. Um, it was it was written uh, by, by a lot of um, uh, folks that their first goal was to write SEO um, articles that were that were keyword packed and therefore use a lot of superfluous language. And generally, the AI will reflect that. And so, um, for this, like I said, I, I use Write GPT. I'll sometimes highlight a, a paragraph and say, "Hey, you know, reduce this or shorten it." Um, and I think that there's a lot of power in, once again, creating your own templates that, like, for me, one thing I have is I have a template that describes the tone I'm going for and also describes how to shorten it um, or just says, hey, please shorten this. And I typically copy and paste that after my initial prompt. So my initial prompt says reply to this email tr- achieving X, Y, Z. And then the follow up prompt, I just copy and paste saying, hey, n- now reduce it, you know, make the tone more friendly, uh, make it less formal, so on and so forth. Okay, cool. Okay. So where I think um, most of my listeners will actually benefit from using this is by becoming the experts in 
those prompts, writing those prompts and getting those templates done because I, I, I honestly, I don't care how good AI is. It's only as good as the instructions that you're going to, that you're giving it at the moment. And you need to be really, really good at those instructions, putting those instructions in. I, I completely agree. You know, it, it, it really is an extension of the, the human using it. So it's the way that I think about it is that AI is doing to intelligence what electricity did with power, power being described as the ability of force across distance. So at the turn of the 1900s, we started adding electricity to just about everything. A hammer became a jackhammer, you know, a, you know saw became a power saw. We started adding um, uh, force applied to the distance, power to, to everything around us. And now we're able to do the same thing with intelligence, but that, that intelligence is only defined as, as the inputs and outputs saying, you know, I need to achieve X, Y, Z output right out in text or, or, or what have you. It still is, is constrained by your ability to articulate what you're attempting to say. So it's, it's constrained by your voice and your, also your eyes, what you're, the context that you're taking in, um, the, the fundamental skills are still the, the eyes and the voice um, and how well you have those refined is going to be reflected in how well the, the AI serves your goals. Oh, I, I saw a meme recently uh, of from a, from a, a website designer and a graphic designer saying, don't worry about it, guys, because AI is still needs the, the, the client to be able to articulate what they want. We're <laughs> fine. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I truly believe that. I mean, I, I think that... Uh, you know, there's this there's this old it, before when we rolled out ATMs to bank tellers, um, the ATMs replaced eighty percent of what the bank tellers were doing, um, and so the obvious response to that is okay, we only need twenty percent of the bank tellers we had before, <laughs> like da da, it's done. But the number of bank tellers did not go down; it actually went up because we started opening up way more branches. And there was way more things we wish that the, the, the bank tellers could be doing that weren't being done before. And so this point that the that your job is safe because a client doesn't know what they want, I think is literally true, is that they are getting your help to articulate the vision. Uh, they, they have like a little flicker of a flame in their head and they're putting their candle next to yours and they're trying to get your flame to burn the, the same way and to like kind of fine and, and light it up and, and, and you know, you know, design it, and then once it's clear in both of your heads, then the AI can execute against it way better. So it's going to increase the amount of work being done, but the core essence of the work is still still what it is, which is that ability to see it. Yep. Okay. So um, how, how can our business owners uh, who are content creators themselves and uh, they, they do their own writing, uh, they'll, they'll put information up, and they're not writing SEO keyword packed articles, which I absolutely loved you said, by the way. Uh, how, how do they protect themselves? Can they protect themselves? What do they need to think about in, in those terms? Is there anything they need to think about in those terms? So the, the, the way that I see that is, that, you know, definitely, definitely our culture is, um, creating new norms and mores around this. And and right now it's kind of the wild west out there about was it, you know, that that 
you can do or like, you know, like what if you just you know, write 20 articles with just 20 prompts and then you call it a day, you know, we're, 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 we're in the wild west right now and a lot of, of new norms and cultural touch points are being created. It's really important to also, you know, in that situation, know what your own morals are, what your own values are, um, and also see where civilization's going and try trying to get, get, get ahead of that. Um, and on that side, I'd say overall, I'm, I'm not uh, a particular judgmental person. I don't have, have too many, too many thoughts um, on, on that side. One practical piece of advice I can give people, if you are worried that AI is going to be taking your data, one thing that you can do to protect yourself is using the open AI playground. Because when you access it through the playground or use the API, um, that data is not recorded in ChatGPT's long-term memory. They hold it, I believe, for either 30 or 60 days um, in case of legal legal reasons, but then it's deleted and it's never used as training data. Now, of course, if you publish it and then that data is re-scraped, um, re-scraped uh, then, then that's, that's a different thing. But if you're uh, wanting to distance yourself and kind of protect um, your voice from, from being consumed, that is a, um, a good first step to, to be doing that. Um, Fantastic. That's really good advice. So use the playground, the open AI yep. playground. Open AI playground. Okay. And I will get all these links and I will put them in the show notes for people because there's a lot of information coming through here. Um, now, when we started our conversation, you mentioned working with teams. Uh, is there a way you work with teams with AI in a different manner to working on your own? Uh, everything that I, everything we're saying about about you as as individual leading teams with AI, uh, I think it all applies, and and the the basic leadership skills is still what applies. So, um, it's it's in my mind similar to how you would navigate any sort of major digital transformation it boils down to uh, creating compelling vision you know and that compelling vision they have to be included within it so they have to see what's in it for them um, it's about communicating with them effectively listening to them recognizing rewarding progress and also leading by example um, the the only thing that they'll add on top of that is creating that compelling vision it's you know you, you can you can take what we had said, Earlier in this podcast, the idea that you know you're not going to be replaced by AI, you're going to be amplified by it. Um, you know, um, someone else you know might be becoming ten times more effective, and then you need to make sure that you're you're in that 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 camp. Um, but also, like you know, learning AI in your team, if you're really maximizing it, is going to be do wonders for their career in the long term. You know, they're going to be getting ahead of the curve. They're going to be learning learning new things. Um, you can really create uh, quite a heaven if they do and hell if they don't. Compelling vision that answers a question that everyone's always asking, you know, what's in it for me so that they have to be included in that compelling vision. Um, and I, but I think that's the same for any major digital, digital transformation. I think it's the same for anything that you do within your business. If you want to bring your team on board, yeah. uh, you've, you've got to, you've got to give them reasons to want to do something. Um, and I'm just going to go back to the, you know, when the computers first ended up on our desktop, there was a lot of people out there going, Oh, this is going to, get rid yes. of a lot of people where we oh we're going to do away with jobs and okay sure your traditional secretary has disappeared um the the person sitting at the desk outside the boss's office well no they haven't actually disappeared Not they've really, now no. been they, they've just 
recreated themselves. They're now, they now do a whole heap of different things. They manage diaries. They're so much more effective at managing diaries and fielding calls and making the boss's life easier. Their jobs haven't disappeared. Um, yeah, our coming to us, you wouldn't be around today. if it wasn't. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, they're even more valuable. Now, maybe our typing pools have disappeared, but they've been recreated in different ways across different parts of the business and I think those people are actually got more career opportunity um overall more 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 opportunity overall in what they're doing and they what they can learn and what what they what what they can deliver to their business and for themselves so yeah I like I like that I like that vision there and and, and there certainly are some industries that I think the the constraint is more on the demand side it's like oh in in the philippines i i live nearby one of the major call center areas in the philippines and i do believe that a lot of call center jobs especially for like customer support are are going to not be necessary anymore it's still going to be about amplifying individuals because they're, they're going to automate certain you know regular types of problems but there's still going to be a few people that are necessary for the exceptions you know automate the uh the 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 regular so you can exceptionalize the exceptional or, or whatever that phrase is. So it's about amplifying a few individuals in my mind, but it does mean that we have to ask ourselves, do we need you know 10 times more customer support folks? And and the answer to that, you know, I think is no. So people in that position have to have to ask themselves, do they want to you know double down? You know, when radio started you know getting killed, a few radio companies exploded in value because they just gobbled up all the other radio companies. So there are winners in situations where where a um industry shrinks. So you have to ask yourself, are you going to double down and, and go for that winner take all? Or are you going to look for greener pastures of other areas where they are ballooning and growing in size? Um because we want more developers, we want more secretaries, we want more assistance. Um you 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 have to, you have to ask yourself that depending on where you're positioned. But I think overall, there's a lot more good than harm when you take it in macro. Well, and I mean, this comes back to I you mentioned when power electricity came in and how things change when electricity came in. I can't remember which of the authors and speakers I I heard this from, but what they said was is know what business you are in. Um. Don't yes. focus on what it is you do. Know what business you're in. When um, <laughs> planes, when airplanes, that's what it was, when the air airline industry started up and when plane travel became more common and more cost-effective, a lot of the train companies went out of business. They just folded because people stopped taking the train and started flying because it was cheaper, it was quicker, it was more comfortable. The The companies that did really, really well said, no, we're not in the train business. We are in the transportation, the people transportation business. And they reframed their vision based on that. Some of them became airline companies. Some of them became bus companies. Some of them did something else entirely different. Um, that might have been your disruptors at the time as well. But know what business you're in and don't keep it down to a really narrow, well, keep it down to a narrow view, but make it something more ephemeral, I think is what the word I'm trying to I'm trying to say there, trying to use. 
I I love that that question of you know what business are you in. Um, I was just uh, read the book. I'm a little bit late to reading it. It's already been out for a long time. But but good to great by um by Jim Collins, and he he talks about the hedgehog concept of uh, you need to be in the middle. It's kind of ikigai. You need to be in the middle of three three overlapping circles. You know what can you be the best in? What is you know economically makes sense, and uh, what are you passionate about? And the idea is that you can change any one of those three. You can change any of it, but you always are going for that that center point and and asking that stuff like you know what what's a real business that that we're in? Um, I think you know it, it's another question to get at that at that clarity because um, I think a lot of things are disrupted right now, but the core essence of so much of what we do is still that that same core essence. I like it. I do like it. All righty. So, is there anything else you wanted to add in what we've discussed today? No, this this has been a lot of a lot of fun, uh, Charlie. I've really really enjoyed it. I'm I'm really glad. So, let me ask what, what I always ask my guests: What's the one thing you want someone to take away from this conversation today? I think that the one thing that I hope this conversation inspires is is hopefully a little more optimism. Um, hopefully, uh, not 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 fake optimism either, but but like like real optimism, um, based on on what the, the data shows, um, as well as uh, motivate optimism, optimism that, uh, that that drives forward action. Um, that's that's the, the the only real thing. Fabulous. Now, uh, how can people get in touch with you? Do you work with people? Do you offer coaching services at Give me a little bit more about yourself there. Yeah, and, and so for your audience, I would just say that if, if you're looking for a partner to increase your business's valuation, um, and that could also be you know, a, a services-based business, um, or you need help building a, a software application, uh, especially things that work with AI, which are our specialty, um, then just reach out to me on on LinkedIn. Um, just say that you know I saw you on the Charlie Charlie show, and I will uh, immediately accept it. And so uh, that's uh, the, the big thing. Fabulous. I'll make sure I put Garrick's um, contact details in the show notes as well. I would, I'm just going to pull my notes across here. (laughs) I would also like to invite you all to come and join my locals community. Being a business owner can be tough. Being a business owner who works remotely can get lonely and frustrating. And I want my locals community to be a bit like the old water cooler of old. Treat my community as a place where you not only get to interact with me, but each other. You can gain inspiration, provide inspiration and advice. And of course, as members, you'll always be able to ask questions of myself. And as Garrick was mentioning earlier in our podcast, you can probably reframe some of your thoughts uh, and look at making your thoughts a little bit more positive around things. So please do come and join me on my Locals community. That's askcharlieletham.locals.com. And also remember to like this video, subscribe to my channel and ring the notification bell so you find out when I drop more content. Apart from that, I'd like to thank Garrick for being such a great guest and providing such great information today. Thank you. Thank you, Charlie. It's been a lot of fun. And I'm going to wish you all a great week.